listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Tuesday show for you. Unfortunately, got some sad news in Bachelor Nation as we have another breakup. I'm going to talk a little bit about filming and airing schedule for The Bachelorette. Update on Taylor Swift from Sunday night. We now have our answer as to what happened going to talk a little bit more about Jury Duty, the show on Amazon Prime, Amazon Freebie, and in also the Joe Schmo show that I brought up yesterday, and Mother's Day coming up. I'm going to tell you what restaurant is really bending over backwards for Mother's Day, and we'll get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show. It is on comingoutforlove.com. You can go there now. New episodes released every Friday for the next 16 weeks. It re-released this past Friday, May 5th, with their first episode. This Friday is episode number two, and you go from there. You've got to purchase it, though, to be able to watch it. Go to comingoutforlove.com. Click on bundles in the top right-hand corner. Click on whatever bundle you'd like to purchase. And at checkout, use the promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your order. Let's get started. As I mentioned in the open, there is a breakup in Bachelor Nation. Brandon and Serene have called off their engagement a little less than uh, a year from the time they got engaged. They got engaged at the end of Paradise last summer, which was the end of June. So I'd say 10 and a half months. And, you know, there's nothing new to report here on my end. I don't I didn't follow. I think I follow Serene. Yeah, I follow Serene on Instagram, but didn't really pay attention to anything that she posted or that Brandon might have posted. So I have no insight to any of their relationship. All I can say is what I say with all of them is I don't believe these two ever moved in together. I could be wrong, but. I think they spent a lot of time together, but I don't think they moved in. So just like any relationship with this franchise, to me, it's just no matter if you get engaged at the end of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise, it's still just two people dating. You do have an engagement fiancé title behind you because that's what the show wants. But really all it is is just extended dating. And then once somebody moves for the other person and they move in together, that's when I consider it more serious. And... For whatever reason, these two did not work out. They released a joint statement yesterday and said they've tried to work on their relationship in private, but it's very hard uh, being a public couple. And they decided to call it quits. And, you know, all I can say to any couple that breaks up from this franchise is breakups suck. And I hope they don't get hated on on their Instagram. I hope people can, you know not live their lives vicariously through two people who were on a reality show for 16 episodes last fall. I wanted to say summer, but (laughs) it ended the week of Thanksgiving. So uh, I got to say fall, you know, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you wanted them to work out, but they didn't. And um, anything you saw on Instagram was what they chose to show you about their relationship. So clearly there were things that they could not either get past or work out and they have now broken up. And um, But that doesn't give anybody the right, just because they're both public on Instagram, it doesn't give anybody the right 
to go and ask for answers or try and find the tea about why they broke up or anything like that. It's, um, it doesn't matter at this point. If they wanted to share that, they would have, and they didn't. So I'm guessing unless something major comes out, I don't think there's any reason to believe that this is going to be uh, any sort of rekindling or anything like that. It's just two people broke up in Bachelor Nation. It happens all the time. This shouldn't be any different than any of the other ones, to be honest with you. But um, I guess some people will take it harder than others. It sucks. Breakups are never any fun. There's certainly never any fun if it's a public breakup because you have to deal with a bunch of people online that don't know you giving their two cents. And I'm sure Serene and Brandon, as much as you might think they care what you think, they don't. So no need to leave any sort of negative message either in their DMs or on their page because they don't care and they don't need to hear it. So one of the things that I've been getting emails on not a ton, but a few of you asking in regards to the Daily Roundup is where's the Bachelorette coverage? And remember, I am someone that has always said that this show is filming or airing, I believe it's 44 out of the 52 weeks of the year. With the new schedule, it might be 42 out of the 52 weeks of the year. But this show is either airing or filming something that many weeks out of the year. Well, we're in one of those dead weeks. And we are going to be until June 26th because, well, it shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. It's going to start filming Paradise first week of June. So we're another three weeks of The Bachelorette, The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise isn't filming anything right now, nor is it airing anything right now. So I'm just kind of scratching my head at what do you want me to talk about? If something happens in Bachelor Nation, I will, but there's nothing to reveal about charity season. I don't know. Any new details? If I did, I would tell you. Um, I, I will talk about, like, Brandon and Serene have a breakup, so clearly that's Bachelor Nation news, and I will talk about that. My daily roundup will always start with anything Bachelor-related unless there's something that totally outweighs it, but it usually starts with Bachelor Nation news. And I know you're waiting for charity stuff, but there's nothing happening right now. So I have nothing to give. I have nothing to update on. Like I said, it's not filming or airing, so... When I do, you will know, but just know that I'm not hiding anything. I'm not holding anything. There's nothing for me to report right now because there's nothing new that I have found out from the last thing that I posted, which was what, the final four? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know who the final three are this season yet. And the one thing that I do know is you can cross Aaron Bryant off. Aaron's the, Aaron's the one of the final four that didn't win because we saw him partying on a yacht Um two Sundays ago, which just would not put him in position to be the winner of this season. So my guess, you know, not my guess, but your winner is either Xavier Doten or Joey. And once I find out who that is, I will let you know. But I'm, I'm certainly not holding anything and holding on to any information. And I'm not, you know, I'm still waiting to hear about more of some things that happened this season. There are, you know, pictures that I got during the season that, you know, kind of helped me put in like who got eliminated when. But remember when we went over this from San Diego, they went to 
the you know Washington area and then to New Orleans. And in those three episodes, they went from 14 guys uh, down to four. So, or was it 12? What was it? They they had um. They had what 16? 14 guys when they started episode three. And then at the end of episode five, they were down to four. I could be off on that. Like, see, I don't even have my numbers in front of me. But, like, that's the stuff that I need to break down. Like, I have the picture of a few of them in the lobby in Washington. And knowing that who made it to New Orleans, it's very easy to deduce, okay, well, this person clearly got eliminated in Washington. But then when you get it to eliminations, it turns into, did they self-eliminate? Did they not get a rose at a rose ceremony? Were they sent home on a one-on-one? Like, it's not even good enough anymore for me to tell people, this person went home in Washington. Well, how did they go home? Did they self-eliminate? Like, people will literally call me out on telling you the exact city or episode they went home in, but (laughs) if I don't have the exact reason, they consider it wrong. And it's just like, that's what... That's what I'm up against sometimes, and it's silly, to be honest with you, because I'm telling you when they went home, sometimes I just don't have the exact details behind anything. Just like if I were to find out the winner to this season, once I do, I might not have any details behind it. I might just find out who the winner is before I know who finished fourth, who finished third, and who finished second. In fact, there's probably a good chance I'm going to find out the winner before I know the exact order of elimination from four, three, two, and one. Just know that going forward. So I just wanted to say that because I did get a couple emails, people asking about what's with the Bachelorette news. We haven't been getting a lot. It's like, yeah, because nothing's filming and nothing's airing. The next thing that we'll get is either A, a our first promo for the season, or B, the bios of all the guys coming out on ABC.com. But that usually isn't for two weeks before the f- premiere. And the premiere is, premiere is until June 26th. So looks like well, we won't be getting that for at least another month. So yesterday I talked about Taylor Swift. Her final night in Nashville on Sunday night was delayed big time because of thunderstorms and lightning in the area. And everyone had to shelter in place on the concourse until it was safe to go out and sit in the stadium at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And I spoke with Morgan yesterday, Morgan Willette, who was there. And she told me, if you watched Morgan's Instagram stories yesterday, there's pictures that you could clearly see literally just asses and elbows in the concourse. People were, she said, passing out. They were fainting. They were having anxiety attacks because literally you couldn't do anything. You couldn't get a concession line because everybody was there in the concourse. So you couldn't really get any food. You had no water. And for literally three hours, you were in a cramped area that did not allow you much room to do anything. And she said it was it was really hard. But, you know, finally, around 945 Central Time, they allowed people to go to their seats. And then Taylor started the concert at 1030. Remember, I was recording the Daily Roundup about 1130 last night. And I said, she's about an hour into the concert. I'm curious to see if she can even pull this off and is not allowed to do her three hours and 15 minutes that she's done. Is there some sort of city ordinance that doesn't allow concerts till one in the morning or whatever? And if you saw anybody's Instagram stories or TikToks, Taylor did the whole show. Started at 1030, three hours and 15 minutes, finished at 145 in the morning. And 
it rained on and off throughout the whole concert. There are really cool videos of her performing her songs in the rain. It almost seems like this might have been the coolest concert to go to so far because it did rain on them. I'm sure they weren't thrilled about the three-hour wait, but once Taylor came on, it was like, what do they care? They were they got what they wanted. And I, you know, I can blow smoke up Taylor Swift's ass all day long uh, because of how impressed I am with her as a performer, as an artist, everything she's accomplished in her life. But I think it really speaks volumes that she went on three and a half hours after she usually starts. She usually starts at eight o'clock. So I'm sorry, two and a half hours. She usually starts at eight o'clock local time, wherever she's performing and goes till about uh, 1115. She didn't start till 1030, finished at 145, and she still went out there and performed in the rain two and a half hours late. She still did all 44, 45 songs and three hours and 15 minutes. Like, that's a credit to her. I know some people have been to concerts before where you feel like the performer is just kind of half-assing it out there. I, The Taylor that I saw in all the clips, whether it was Morgan's Instagram stories or Morgan's TikToks or anybody's TikToks or anybody's Instagram stories that I followed last night, it was the same exact Taylor that I got on March 31st at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. And that's a credit to her. I think it's just it's a it's an unbelievable show and I I haven't heard one person. I look, most people that are going to Taylor's concerts are huge Taylor Swift fans, so I I can't imagine you're going to find too many that go to that concert and they're like, "Wow, 3 hours and 15 minutes of Taylor's songs, everybody's screaming and singing at the top of their lungs. Wow, that sucked." But I literally haven't heard any person that even gave a a remotely negative review of attending that concert and how much fun it is. And I know it's expensive. I know that is not affordable to a lot of people and it sucks. And that's a, that's a ticket master thing. There's nothing Taylor can do when she put her tickets on sale. Yeah, they weren't cheap, but they also weren't $3,500. Like people are asking for floor seats or in the hundred sections where they're asking minimum 1500 to 2000. Like, your top deck seats. I looked at her next stop is Philadelphia this weekend. I looked at Philadelphia this weekend. Her On StubHub, her cheapest ticket is up in the upper deck, and it's $750. And that's before taxes and fees, which is going to bring it to close to 1000 for the upper deck. You're not getting any cheaper than that unless you have some sort of inside deal or know somebody that's going to sell it to you cheaper. I'm saying third-party ticket sales are ridiculous. And I kind of just went through the next few weeks. I was just looking on StubHub and like, all right, well, what about the following weekend? I think is is Massachusetts and Foxborough. Same exact thing. These seats are all going for roughly the same price in the roughly the same areas. The 100s, you can expect 1500 to 2000. In the 200 sections, like the middle section of a football stadium, you're looking at 1000 to 1500. This is all before taxes and fees, which is basically another 300 to 350 a ticket. It sucks. And I hope somehow by the next tour she does, she either doesn't work with Ticketmaster or something gets changed to where Ticketmaster can just, uh, these third parties can stop absolutely bending people over on taxes and fees because they have a monopoly on the business basically right now and it sucks. Um, And there's nothing that Taylor can do. She had her launch back in November and if you were able to get in and buy tickets, they were a hell of a lot cheaper than what they're going for on the third-party apps. So 
Um, but as I told you after I saw her on March 31st here, I'll say it again. If somehow you can scrounge up the money, if you have a child that is obsessed with Taylor Swift, if you can somehow scrounge up the money and tell them this is your Christmas present for this year, and, and I'm talking about if your child is just walking around and sings Taylor Swift songs all day and is obsessed with her, but you think it's too much money to go see her, I would just say, bite the bullet and say, I will take you if you understand that maybe you won't get as many Christmas presents this year. Because to them, that would be Christmas morning to go see Taylor Swift. That's just my personal opinion. I, I don't think your child, I think your child would remember that more than getting her a toy or getting him a toy, but probably her, um, a toy that they're probably going to play with for two weeks and then never touch again. This type of concert for three hours and 15 minutes is something they will remember probably a hell of a lot longer than any toy or game you get them. Trust me on this. So I was talking about Jury Duty, the show on Amazon that I watched this weekend, all day Saturday. Started it Saturday, finished it Saturday, really enjoyed it. And now I'm just kind of doing deep dives on Ronald Gladden himself. And I saw an interview that he did. And it was just crazy because I'm like, wow, that must have been a crazy experience for him. But then when I really think about it, every single aspect of his life was fake. He was basically put into a real-life Truman show. Everyone around him was fake and acting for, what was it, 17, 18 days? And he's doing this interview, and he's like, you don't understand. I did not go back to work for a month because, not that he was paranoid, but it took him a while to process what is real in my life and what isn't. He said he had to call James Marsden, and they had a 30- to 45-minute conversation and James Marsden had to assure him, hey, you know, no, you're not being followed. There are no cameras around you anymore. It is over. And that's just, it's, for me and all of us sitting back on our couches watching that show, we don't think about that. You just think, oh, okay, it's over. And I've heard this from people who went on Survivor. You know, you live, and especially if you lasted a long time, you're out there 25, 30, 35 days. You don't just come back and just be like, oh, cool, I'm back in my own bed and everything's great. Like, I've heard of people having some major PTSD from Survivor, having lived out in the wild for almost, you know, over a month, that it's it's not easy to get adjusted to just coming back home and everything is back to normal. It takes a while. And to hear Ronald say he didn't go back to work for a month was really interesting. And I, it, it just made me look at the show a little bit differently. Not that they were cruel to him. Um, because he said he really enjoyed it. He just said it's it's not something that you easily just transition out of. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Um, I am one episode away from completing season two of the Joe Schmo show. Like I said, if you like The Bachelor and you liked Jury Duty, please go watch it. And you can only watch it on YouTube. It's not streaming anywhere. Just go to YouTube, type in Joe Schmo season two, episode one. It'll come up. And then when it ends, you'll see probably the next thing that it suggests to you on YouTube will be episode two. And then just follow it. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> this show got funnier and funnier. Um, I only have one episode left, which is the two hour finale. I'm going to watch that today probably. And I, you know, I saw it 
18 years ago when it aired, but I don't, I mean, I kind of remember it, but I kind of don't because it's the reveal of two of the people who thought they were really on a reality dating show. So it just, <laughs> I just, I thought it was genius. And I wish something like this could happen today. Yes, they were able to pull it off on jury duty, but it's a completely different concept. I would have, I would love for them to do it in more of a funny, uh, you know, a, a humorous way. And, you know, the thing about Joe Schmo versus jury duty, when, when you, when James Marsden and all the actors were speaking to the camera, they were still speaking as they were, as if they were filming the mockumentary, they didn't speak and say, Oh, Ronald Ron's over there. We have to really trick him today. We're going to do this, 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 and this. That's the thing that's different about Joe Schmo. Every time you see an ITM with these actors, they are talking to you and telling you, Oh, you know, Tim did this today. Tim's the guy who did not know he was on a fake reality show. And Ingrid did this today. And we're, and you see the actual production meetings before the day starts with the actors and the producers saying, okay, here's what the plan is for today. It's just, it's it, it was genius at the time in 2004. Genius. But everyone is so skeptical, and reality TV has been around for 20 years since Joe Schmo was on, it, it just seems like it would be impossible to pull off. You would really have to do a hell of a sell job and just find somebody off the street that literally has never seen a dating show before or never seen a reality show before and you know isn't dialed into pop culture at all whatsoever. And that's just hard to find nowadays. In 2004, Instagram wasn't a thing. Twitter wasn't a thing. Facebook wasn't a thing. You just could get away with more. Now... I just don't know how you would find a contestant that would be that naive uh, and that just the way they push the envelope. There is a part of you that's like, man, how did they not know? I'm trying to I'm trying to find Tim and Ingrid um, on Instagram. I would love to have them on the podcast. I want to talk to them. I know it's been 20 years, but I'm curious. I don't even know what their life has been like since then. I don't know if either of them got married, either of them have kids. Um, Tim Walsh or Tim Welsh is his name and Ingrid Weiss. And actually I friend requested Ingrid. I think it's her. I friend requested her on Instagram. She hasn't accepted just yet. So it might not even be the right Ingrid Weiss. I think it is based on the picture, but her pictures, you know, I only, I only know her from 2004 Ingrid, not 2023. So I think it's the same woman, but hopefully she accepts my friend request and maybe I can have her on the podcast. I'd love to talk about that Joe Schmo experience. And finally, Mother's Day is coming up, in case you didn't know. It is this Sunday? Oh, shit. It is this Sunday. Anyway, just to let you know, in case you're wondering, what do I get mom this year? Do I get her a card? Do I get her chocolates? Do I take her to brunch? No, 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 no. What you do in the United States is you can log on to the KFC website or app and get a free 12-piece order of nuggets when ordering the KFC Nuggets of Appreciation meal. Because I'm telling you, nothing says, Mom, I love you, more than KFC Nuggets, which you can get for free as a special Mother's Day meal. It includes a choice of eight pieces of bone-in chicken or eight of their crispy chicken tenders. Also included are two sides, four biscuits, and dipping sauces. The chicken nuggets were only added to the KFC menu in March. I didn't know that. Those come free. Everything else you got to pay for. But the nuggets, once you get the family appreciation meal, 
family appreciation meal. So you got to buy the whole meal, but the Nuggets part comes in free just for Mother's Day. So it goes from tomorrow, May 10th, through May 14th, which is Mother's Day. So you know what? Like I said, thank you, KFC, for going out of your way and providing moms with nuggets for Mother's Day. (laughs) I might get them for my mom and just eat them myself. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now, so check that out. And we'll be back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. So thank you all for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!